Welcome to the Fustel Fit Podcast with your host, Nicola Fustel. Straight talking, body positive coach and personal trainer. Nicola brings you your weekly guide to finding real health and fitness and to live the life you deserve. Welcome to episode eight. And it's taken eight episodes to get Zoe McNulty on the show. So I was really excited to be speaking to Zoe. She's a good friend of mine and also a body image movement ambassador, as am I. And we talk about body confidence and Zoe's dance classes. Dance, dance in Zoe's accent. <laughs> and um, also about her journey into body positivity and how she feels about the fitness industry. She was also part of a TV show called How To Look Good Naked, which we're very familiar of here in the UK with Gok Wan, who is absolutely amazing. So please check out the link I shall leave in the show notes so you can you can have a look at that. So please let me know your feedback on the show. Uh, good feedback, bad feedback, as they say, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So I'd love to hear from you. And without further ado, here is Zoe. Welcome, Zoe McNulty. Hey. <laughs> excited to have you on in fact i've been trying to get you on for ages haven't i oh i know we're so rubbish we're like yeah let's do it then and then something else comes up yeah let's do it then and something else comes up i know and i actually haven't heard your whole story um for people who don't know i asked you to be on a tv show which is called fit happens and you yes. are my special guest and the the tv show is all about fitness and health and in the show it's supposed to be a little bit like top gear for anyone who's seen that and you've got the three presenters and they go out and they discuss cars. And obviously be, being a fitness and health show, we're doing the similar things, but obviously with a different topic and going out and discussing all things to do with fitness. And so Zoe was my special guest and we were talking about body image. But we had like two or three minutes, I think, just to try and cram everything in. So yeah, it went so quick. So from then, I just obviously heard a tiny bit of your story and really wanted to know more and had so many more questions and we didn't have enough time. So, what questions do you have? Tell me. So for the people who are listening to the podcast who may or may not see the show, let's just go right back to the beginning and tell us who is Zoe McNulty. Right. Um, Zoe McNulty. Oh, no. I nearly, I nearly spoke about myself in the third person there. And that would be really... <laughs> that's, that's embarrassing. Um, I am... Um, like I'm a I'm a fitness instructor essentially who um, has always I I'll say I've always struggled with my weight as a fitness instructor and as a dancer I've always been a dancer and I have always been on the larger side of that which is expected of either a dancer or a fitness professional um, and in more recent years. I'm 39 now, and it was around about the age of 33 where I thought, sod this, why am I struggling? Why don't I just be and see what happens? And almost from that time onwards, almost immediately, I felt better. Um, I was able to notice how much I, I'd wasted a lot of time um, I'd wasted most of my adult life, actually, being really concerned about about my body, about my body shape, and about what others thought about my body. Um, Was that when, mainly due to being in the fitness industry, though? Did you feel that way anyway? 
Well, I think I'd well I had I'd already felt that way anyway. As a, uh, growing up, I'd always done different sports, and um, my favourite sport, which I now really see as an art form, is it, it was dance, um, and it just it was it was just apparent to me that I I wouldn't be able to have a career as a professional dancer. I didn't have the right body shape at the time. You know, twenty years ago. The like now, dancers, hip hop dancers, street dancers, they're they're all shapes and sizes. But back then, about twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, um, you know, it was just it was clear I just wasn't going to have a career as a dancer, um, and I was advised to do other stuff. So yeah, so I've it, it's it's always been the case, um, and weirdly, I fell into the fitness industry. Because, because of my inability to have a, a career as a dancer, you know, I, I, I kind of, I was drawn towards the fitness industry partly because I wanted a way of losing weight. Really, as I was doing my job, that was kind of the initial draw, and also because I couldn't afford the gym fees um, when I was a student, and they put me on the. the the gym that I was working in, they put me on all the courses, the exercise to music course, um, and all the basic fitness uh, instructor courses. And that was kind of when I I've, I've found my feet and I, I went along to a couple of fitness conventions, stood looking in all, all these fitness presenters, thinking, you're amazing, but I know I can do what you do. I just need a bit of work. Um, work being your body image. No, work being just learning the skills that they have. Body image at that exact point, I think I, I think at the point where I decided to become a fitness presenter, yeah, I had always had body image issues. issues. Um, but I think at that point I had figured out ways to mask them, to hide the insecurities. Um, a little bit of dressing well, a little bit of be acting the fool, all the time, you know, um, pointing out my own failings so that other people didn't have any power in doing so, Mm. you know, continually referring to myself as overweight, fat, whatever. um, Did people do that to you? Did people do that to you in the industry? Not directly, no. There was, I always had a feeling that people were judging me maybe they were maybe they weren't um but i'm also aware that a lot of doors that were open to my peers were closed to me because of my body shape and that that still happened you know i don't i don't get the um the sponsored the sponsorships clothing sponsorships because i don't have a size eight figure um so Yes and no. I think a lot of it was self-imposed. Most of it was self-imposed, actually. And I guess that's why at the age of 33, when I realised that I needn't needn't think that way anymore, things suddenly became easier. Um, and, And at that point as well, people started to really respect me for having this new outlook. So before I ask you about your new outlook now and the way you feel about your body now, just going back then when you felt all of that pressure and a bit of a low point for you in your own body image, did you try to diet and change your body? I have, I 
think I was on some sort of not let's let's think about this. I've always been aware of dieting. Um, my my mum was always a dieter. Um, restricting calories was always very commonplace in my house. Um, and I think when I went to university, I kind of went up and down. My, my, my body weight has always fluctuated quite wildly and visibly within like a week or two weeks. I can easily put on half a stone and lose it again in another couple of weeks. Um, not always when I try to or or because of anything that I've done. It's just my body, it's just, it's, it changes. I see now that it's, it's transient, you know. I know that there's like... A set a set point body weight that kind of is just what you yeah balance out at you know after a while of of not messing with your body through dieting um, but but yeah around either side of that I do fluctuate wildly um, always always up and down restricting calories going to the gym I remember I remember there was a time as a student where I was in the gym every day I looked great you know and I and I was really watching what I ate um, I think that was about around the time as well when I was doing podium dancing so I used to be a podium dancer as well Ministry of Sound manumission um, so just a lot of exercise during my job, a lot of exercise when I wasn't doing that job. Um, and I didn't realize only only recently that the exercise bulimia is a thing. I don't think, I, I don't know if that's what I, I, I don't think I've ever had that, but it's, it's interesting now to see that people, especially looking on um, Instagram and social media, at all these, really super fit do you mean what i had where i had um like binge eating episodes and then my purge was over exercise rather than being sick ah yes yeah exactly that yeah they call it non-purging bulimia wow yeah i I don't know if i ever had that so you can also you over exercise but also really restrict your food so it's the whole i have to eat clean now yeah although I'm not that strong-willed, so I think this. So, so as much as my body fluctuated, because I'm not that strong-willed, I'll I will give up easily. So, um, so I think that's probably why my my body weight went up and down because I'd lose a little bit of weight and then think hurrah, and then just revert back to eating crap <laughs> and a lot of <laughs> chocolate, um, and then put it back on again. Go bugger, and then you know that whole that whole cycle. Um, so you yeah. still tried to change your body so you were going up and down up and down yeah it was all about my body it wasn't it was never about my health mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so when and how did you get to the point that you could just eat normally and not worry about your body changing shape because obviously when you even when you're at your set point your body will still change up and down within they say around 14 pounds either way yeah. and that is you still your body regulating itself just like it does with your temperature up and down yeah how do I cope with that I, I think it's just it's kind of a, a, a positive self-talk thing you know we all have those fat days 
um, where you feel fat, but that's a feeling. And I sometimes think your feelings are lying to you and you can override your feelings by just telling yourself some, some truths, some facts, you know, like you're not too fat, Zoe, you're not, you're not too fat to wear those clothes. You look fine. You look good. You are fine. Like, stop it. Just stop being silly. Um, I think it's very important. As soon as you have, as soon as you have those thoughts, and I'll wake up many a day and think, Ugh, and then I have to tell myself, don't be silly. And sometimes I even have to say, look, Zoe, you're a body positivity <laughs> uh, activist. Shut up think again um and and then that works so i think well it's nice to hear that you are human you know and even though you're out there as the body positive confidence coach and you're helping other people with being confident in their bodies you are still human and you know when we we have our ups and downs and you know life sometimes gets to us and we're not immune to the fact that we are in the fitness industry and the fitness industry promotes thinness yeah that's it exactly i think the key is for all like i mean i i don't know if some of our the, the people who we're looking up to now like sarah vance and summer in and i think they i think there's the same as well they have they they each have their those times where that devil on your shoulder is saying me <laughs> you're rubbish you're fat you're ugly whatever but the the key is what you do with that thought next. Yeah. You can you can, you've got like you've got two dogs inside you, and you've got the dog, that's the cute little puppy that is all fluffy. And if you feed that, that's going to grow into something beautiful. And then you've got like the wolf, that's scary and fangy and will claw you. But if you feed that, it's going to get bigger and scarier. So the if you've got a thought that is negative about your body and you pay it attention and you let that fester and take over your mind that becomes your reality or you could stop that thought and think good thoughts focus on the positive things and then but that I think becomes even your then, reality though, even then the fact that you're able to do that means that you've already stopped trying to change your body whereas people listening now may still be in that mode where they're trying to change so when they get those thoughts they get rid of the thoughts by doing something to change themselves. And I've been there myself where I've maybe eaten what I consider too much at the weekend. And then on Monday, it'd be like, right, you know, that thought comes in, I hate my body, blah, blah, blah. And then you think, well, I'll do something about it then. I'm going to overexercise today. I'm going to eat less. And so you're acting on those thoughts. And the hardest thing is getting over those issues and becoming a normal person is, yeah. is actually just sitting with that horrible emotion because it is just an emotion. You're having a fat day, but it didn't mean you suddenly put on a load of pounds just in one day. It's your emotions. That's how you feel today. And yeah. a normal person has emotions because that's yeah. one thing that I, well, not say suffered with, but I didn't have any emotions. When I was not having periods, obviously I wasn't having the ups and downs of my normal yeah. hormonal cycles. So I was just on a happy constantly every day. I didn't really like my body, but that was just my everyday emotion. Wow. So it's really interesting to hear that without you having that, you know, you could just listen to those thoughts and, and not act on them. That It's been a practice though. It's something, I think it's like, I think the way, the way that you use your thought life is you have to work on that. You have to practice, like, just like you would practice yoga. 
Um, you know, you don't start off good at it. It's something that you fail at over and over again. And then you just fail at it less and less and less until it becomes, until you become good yeah. at putting out those negative thoughts. But you have to want it, don't you? Because if you still you want do to have change to want your body, it. And then... I think that is, I think, what you then have to, if, if you're still struggling with wanting to change the way that you look at yourself, you have to stop looking at, you have to your eyes, you have to stop taking in what's being put out there by the people who want you to buy the products to lose weight. So un you've said it before, to unsubscribe to, if you just go down your Instagram and anyone who is showing you their six pack, standing in front of the mirror holding weights, going, yeah, look at me, aren't I good today? just stop following them stop following that fill up your news feed or your profile whatever with diverse body shapes so I spent a lot of time looking recently at plus size models and I really do believe that a lot of those beautiful voluptuous shapes are far more attractive than some of the you know the um Victoria's Secrets models, for example. Yes, they're like otherworldly stunning. Mm. But, but that's the thing with your brain, isn't it? When you subject yourself to images over and over and over, that's what you like. So you yeah. you become that way. So you, you have to do the work really in changing your perceptions of people. Like when I was doing bodybuilding, to keep myself focused and having that strong willpower and keep doing it every day because it was really hard. I had mm. to look at those images all the time, bodybuilders, because oh, somebody else is hashtag, still doing it. Hashtag fitspo. Yeah, hashtag if I'm having a bad day and somebody else is having their five meals in Tupperware, <laughs> you know, then that would motivate me to keep going. Oh, God, it's no way to live, is it? it it's just well. no way to live. Throw away the Tupperware. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, you've spoken a little bit about body image, but you haven't um, given yourself credit, really, for who you are and the number of years that you've been doing what you've been doing. And obviously, I came into the industry even after you and you were somebody who I found kind of immediately and looked up to it as a presenter and a great fitness instructor regardless okay. of the way you looked or anything I just I thought you were one of the top people and, and that was it so I started following you from then but it was very um soon after that I found you were doing um the tv show with Got Kwan how to look good naked yeah yeah so yeah, even yeah looking back now how do you feel about that show because obviously that show is promoting normal bodies and it's exactly what we're trying to promote now really in fact that it's yeah. your eyes that need changing and you, they don't change their body in any way they don't lose any weight and at the end they feel more confident and happy in their body oh uh, do you know what that program i wish they i wish that i want them to put it on again i want them to do a new series it's i do the same job as got one with my dance classes as he does with women's clothing and then also just boosting their 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 confidence levels so just tell us um, a bit about the program for people who haven't heard of it before how to look good naked is um they take so got one who's this fantastic fantastically camp guy who um just loves women's bodies um and wants us all to feel good re regardless of of shape or size which is exactly what my mantra is um, and he does that by just changing slightly the way that they dress 
in order to enhance their figures, in order to bring out the best in them, um, not to change them in any way, but just to... So if, they, if they're wearing big baggy clothes because they want to cover up because they're embarrassed about their body, he'll just put a belt around their T-shirt and say, look, look at your shape. You've got a beautiful shape. Why are you hiding it? Um, so that's kind of what I do with my dance classes where I say, look, you've got a beautiful body. Let's just move in this way. It will make you feel good. And, and there you go, job done. <laughs> what was your involvement in the TV show? So I was in one episode where there was a lovely girl, um, I forget her name, but she felt like, she felt unwomanly she, because you're very short and she's got quite cutesy girly features. She felt unwomanly and unsexy, um, which shocked me because she had the most amazing hourglass figure big boobs, tiny waist, lovely round bottom. Um, so my job was just to help her feel a bit sexy. So we, we just had a bit of a strut around in high heels. We did a little bit of dancing in high heels, which is what I've become well known for um, with my classes, Strutology. And before that, um, the stiletto workout, which I which I've kind of tweaked it into becoming Strutology because I don't want it to be anything about working out. It's got nothing to do with the working out. It's just movement that makes you feel good. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we did. It was great. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna. I'll add a link to the YouTube clips. I just had a quick watch of it before you came on this yeah. show, uh, so people can have a quick watch of that on YouTube. Cool. So what was it like working with Gokwan? Did you actually get to meet him? No. Oh, that's a no, shame. <laughs> I saw him once. Day. I saw him once at the BBC, but he was like running past, and I didn't get a chance to speak to him. Oh, I'd love a selfie with Gok. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking of your strut classes, and you are known on your website as uh, a headmistress, I, headmistress I, of the School of Strut. School of Strut is my. It's the umbrella brand for all the various different dance sessions that I teach, my different brands of dance that I teach, all along the same lines of helping women to feel fabulous in the skin they're in, regardless of their shape or size. So as I mentioned before, there's Stratology, which is a, it's a sexy dance class, but it starts off in our trainers and it, we end up in our high heels. Um, it's a very simple dance routine that you learn. Um, and it, it's all designed to make you feel really powerful, um, cute, uh, in control. Um, and then, yeah, then we do the routine in our heels after we've done a strut off. Um, this is where I get women just to strut down the room, do a few poses, strut on a little bit further, a little bit of a shimmy, and then off. And then the next, the next person or group or whoever goes and everyone cheers and it's very very liberating and it's kind of that it's that point where people's inhibitions are a tested and then b let go um and it's really quite powerful so that's stratology and then there's raunch as well which is it's slightly more um x-rated i would say <laughs> 
the stratology and we end up doing a lot of rolling around on the floor in that being very sensual and um all in very good humor um and it it's it's done as a group it's a huge giggle but also it does tap into some deep emotions um and i get very mixed um mixed reactions at the time some people go very much some people go hey loving this and some people (laughs) kind of go into themselves and and they're dealing with some deep deep deep-rooted feelings that they i think that they buried for a long time um and i've i've had women break down in tears when actually not in like i hate doing this but but tears like oh my gosh i I didn't realize that i was allowed to be sexy um i didn't realize that that it was okay you know i'm a mum now and i just i thought that that side of me was 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 gone i've had women who um i had one lady who had had a stroke and she couldn't look at herself in the mirror and she did one class of launch and she you know, she realised that actually she felt quite quite gorgeous. Um, one lady, actually, this was with Stratology. One lady had booked herself in for a tummy tuck um, because she'd been saving for years and years and years. After she'd had her children, she was never in a financial position to have a tummy tuck. She'd saved and saved and saved. She could now afford one. She did a class with me, realised that she didn't need to, and cancelled the tummy tuck. That's amazing. That's pretty cool, huh? So that's life-changing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, like, you could go down the route of it. It's all all the classes that are kind of ideal for hem parties. You know, it's a great giggle, but they're also quite life-changing to those people who who need that little push to say, listen, it's okay. You are, you are stunning just as you are. Just go for it. So on a side note, why, why are you not running hen parties? <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, it, that is on the list of things to do. <laughs> we were talking about my list of things to do earlier. Uh, the, the scope of possibilities for School of Strut and where it's going is huge. But I am yet one woman. I am. It's just me. And... Um, my organisation skills are not that great, to be honest, So, which I'm working on. Um, but if anyone is listening and they want to step forward and they want to help me out with a business plan, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you so passionate about helping women feel confident in their bodies? I think it's because I'd wasted so long, so much of my, you know, I could have been. So, yes, yeah, so I did go to Ibiza and I did dance in the dance on uh, dancing nightclubs Um as a brief career um but i was self-conscious then i didn't let go completely i wasn't one of the podium dancers who just wore a bikini and high heels i I always had my midsection covered um because it you know it's kind of out of proportion for the rest of me it's like just i could have let go a bit more but i didn't and i i've lived my whole life Kind like how can I explain it? Just not living to the full. Yeah. Just like not being a. Do you know what? For about five years, I didn't go out 
on holiday, partly because I couldn't really afford it, it was an extravagant luxury, but the overriding thing was that I didn't want to get into a bikini. I didn't want to go on, to, didn't want to be seen in, uh, on the beach. So that was like, like the money side of things was an excuse that was hiding. Actually, it's just my insecurity. That's why I'm not going on holiday. That's insane, isn't it? Five years. Yeah. So then you did um, Monroe at the Galaxy Universe yeah. competition. So, yeah, so Monroe, Miss Monroe. So Miss Galaxy Universe is, um, is a figure bikini competition uh, that has had a slight different, a slight twist in that it's very open to all different shapes and sizes. And they also include a category called Miss Monroe International, which is for ladies size 12 to 16. Um, and so me being a size 16, fluctuate between a 14 and a 16, but most of the time a 16. Um, I thought this is great for me. I thought I'd do this. Not because, I mean, I think a lot of figure competitors do the, do a competition to show how hard that they've worked in the run-up to that. Whereas I was doing it to show, I haven't worked hard at this at all, this is just me. <laughs> um, in the run-up to it, I only did a couple of extra BMF sessions, British Military Fitness sessions in the park, um, just so that I kind of felt like I had some kind of exercise glow about me, you know. But um, it was I did it mainly to show people that confidence is key, Confidence is what is attractive to others. Um, and you don't have to be slim. You don't have to be pretty. You don't have to be young to be attractive to others. And, um, and I fully succeeded because I, I won. I wasn't the thinnest. I wasn't the prettiest. I wasn't the youngest. Um, but... I, I I just, I knew that I looked amazing. You know, I'd done my hair nice, had my lashes on, a bit fake tan. Um, I had one of those semi costumes that pulled you in a little bit, bit of the tummy, had ruffles, not ruffles, what would you call it, like ruching on the belly, which Gokwan would say is very slimming. Um, and uh, I went out there and I, I rocked that shizzle. And um, yeah, I won. So, so that hurrah. must feel that must feel amazing because obviously my experience of I've won as well being on the stage for my first bikini competition. But I had to change myself in order to win. Yeah. So to actually stand there and be yourself must have really boosted your confidence to know that it did. You were lying as and you and are. And it really, it really, uh, and it kind of cemented in me what I'm trying to do. So. As much as it was almost like a bit of a, a bit of a business decision to do it, like quite clinical. Oh well, that will that will show people what I'm trying to say. And then it showed me that I really did believe it because <laughs> because it, it actually did boost my confidence. You know, I am the shit. <laughs> I don't know if I can <laughs> say are. that. On this you are. You are. Of course, you can. It's not the radio. <laughs> All right, good, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the yeah. body image movement. So you've become an ambassador 
B-I-M-G-A-P. Yes. What does that mean and what's it all about? So, so, so you and I, we're both BIMGAs for the BIM gap. <laughs> uh, it's a bit confusing. Sounds a bit weird. So we're, we're body image movement global ambassadors for the for the global ambassador program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and that is that was started by a lady called Taryn Brumfit. Um, is she Australian or New Zealandish? New Zealandish, New Zealand. New Zealand, Zealand. New, Zealand, <laughs> New, Zealand New Zealand, I think. Yeah, um, and she, I believe, she was is a journalist who, um, after having her babies, she wasn't happy with her body and entered one of these bikini um, figure competitions, lost loads of weight, um, was still unhappy, and then decided to go on a, a quest to kind of ask ask other women how they felt about their bodies and discovered that 91% of thousands of women that she interviewed hated their body or disliked their body in some way, which is huge. That's a ridiculous figure, um, but completely understandable. So she documented this this searching um, of, of for someone who um, was happy in their skin um, and has, has she's put together a documentary called Embrace so that's really what being a bimga is about is to spread the message um, and also to to it's not happening in the UK yet and I can't wait for that to happen but yeah me too the, yeah but the film is is being slowly bit by bit across Australia across New Zealand across the states is being shown at the private viewings um, just to to raise awareness of of, uh, of the struggles that women go through and um, for women to come together to support each other to show each other that we we don't have to we don't have to feel, feel that way we don't have to be oppressed by the pharmaceutical and the the weight loss industries and the fitness industry and the fitness industry yeah exactly i kind of I've, as much as i'm coming i come from the fitness industry and i do fitness and in my week to week activities i teach fitness classes in a gym i really feel distanced from the whole thing and i just when I when you told me actually about the body image movement, um, I thought, crikey, like I've come home. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I had a bit of a wobble earlier on today, didn't I? And I thought, actually, where do I fit in? Um, what what I'm, a lot of the people that I now listen to, like yourself, like Sarah Vance, um, who else as well, Merit. Boxler, yeah. loving her, yeah. loving her podcasts. Um, you've all had eating disorders or disordered eating. Mm-hmm. I've ever had that. So I'm not coming from a place of an experience of like hitting rock bottom with my my body image. I just I just kind of woke up, um, but. Although that's how you describe it as well, isn't it? When you 
Yeah. You said that you'd, you'd woken up. Yeah, but as I said to you earlier, it doesn't matter if you've come from the same place. We've met together and go forward together. Everybody's on the same journey um, in different yeah. stages. Because even yeah. like when I first um, heard of Sarah Vance and she became my coach, I thought, you know, she's made it. She's the destination. You know, coming from the same place as me and seeing all of her fitness photos and everything, I thought, you know, that's why she needs to be my coach because she is where I was. So we're on the same journey and I will follow her and I will make it to the destination that she's at. And then learning a bit more about her and seeing her posts and everything and realizing nobody's made it. You know, everybody, yeah. everybody has their down days and we do live in this world that we're not immune to and people do fat shame and promote thinness like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And that's why we have to stand in it and continue to promote this message and more people will join on different stages of the journey and we'll just be in it together. But definitely yeah. the fitness industry. <laughs> we cannot leave the fitness industry. We have to stand in the no, flames. You're right, you're right. <laughs> because actually it was rocky for me and I, at one stage I thought, I can't do this. I can't go against everybody else. And, and I kept coming up against, people were arguing with me. Are you trying yeah. to promote obesity? What, what are you doing? Why are you eating? You know, have you decided to just binge, you know, and just eat anything now? You're just eating crap all the time. People have no idea. Why would they think that? Because they're still in their all or nothing and black and white picture, which is where I was. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we can't change everybody. We just have to keep going and then people will see who need to see or when they're ready to and then they'll come along yeah absolutely you're right and i can't i can't leave the fitness industry because it, it's <laughs> it's those poor fitness instructors and the people that they're influencing that they're the ones who need my message yeah well i guess also it's the people who the message is for all women well, it's for everyone really but yeah the message goes further than the fitness industry but also if we don't stand in it there'll be people and you've probably heard this before where some people come to you and they say i want to get fit or whatever but i need to lose weight first before i go in the gym yeah and then when people get so fitter and fitter and thinner and thinner in the gym then the people outside the gym feel so far away from it they they can't there's a big divide then so i yeah. want like i want to do now is promote fitness for you know health for all sizes like linda bacon's book health at every size there's yes. science behind it and it's the people who are promoting the diets and everything who are not seeing this or, or telling people the truth if they do see it and therefore there's that big divide so there, there is a, a gap actually in the industry for people like us to, to help everybody else <laughs> so finally do you have if you if you can i'm putting you on the spot now is uh -oh. there one word to describe your feelings about your body now hang on to describe <laughs> my feelings or to describe my body either so how to describe my feelings is changeable day-to-day -day basis it does differ mm -hmm. um, but how do I feel overall about my body it's fine I won't say I love it because it's changeable. It changes. It tra like, but it's fine. It absolutely does the job it's supposed to do, and it does the job very well. Um, I'm healthy. Um, I, I don't have any major health concerns. Um, I once had my heart tested for something, and the the doctor said I had the heart of a Premiership footballer. Mm -hmm. So I'm not concerned. Like my body is 
fine. Some um, days I think it's awesome. I think it's very, very sexy when I dance. But, it, like, if you had one word, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'm sure other people would probably call you sexy rather than fine. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Because, that, I mean, like, that's them. That's, their, that's the way that they look at me. That's great. I love that. I'll take that. That's another thing as well, as well. Take compliments. Listen to compliments. Believe them. Believe the, 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 um, the compliments. People aren't just saying things just to be nice. They're not just saying things for something to say. If someone tells you you look nice today, take it, believe it, own it. It. Yeah, that really helped me as well um, when I was kind of dealing with changing how I how I saw myself. And do you have any other tips for people on feeling confident in their body as it is today? Don't wear something you're unsure about. If you if you think uh, this this dress is too short, then don't wear it. If you can't walk past a mirror and be like yeah, then wear something else. If you walk past me and go, oh, I need to suck my tummy in a bit more, wear something else. Like, <laughs> does that make sense? You need to yeah. you need to just be really happy with your clothes choices. It sounds really official, but I'm sorry, we, ha we have to use all the tools that we've got, you know, to combat the, the many, many years of, of brainwashing that the... the that the media has, has put in there so use all the tools and that includes clothes yeah absolutely and that where can people find more about you um you can go to zone.com uh there's all sorts of information about me there at the moment i'm working on loads of different loads of different projects i had planned on just picking one and doing that and then um and then moving on to the next but you will be able to get my dance tutorials soon. So if you go on the website, you'll see. If you go to my blog, you'll see the different dance dance classes that I've done recently, and I'm going to be filming the tutorials. You can sign up and register for those. So that will um, be online. That's worldwide, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyone will be able to do that. You do it in your bedroom, your living room. Um, and I have to say, every time I get your newsletter and I see one of those videos. I start watching it and then I have to get up and at least try a bit. Mm, <laughs> so even though I don't have much great. space in my living room, but I have to try a bit. And if Katie's with me, she'll do it as well. <laughs> That's so cool. Because when I was doing Tone Tuesdays, like <laughs> Tone Tuesdays for people who don't know, was um, I was doing a weekly YouTube program. Um, and so many people that I would meet at a fitness convention would go, oh, Zoe, I love your Tone Tuesdays. I don't do them. I just watch them. So it's really nice to know that you're doing the dance routine. That's great. <laughs> well, for me, I only get to go to your classes <laughs> maybe once a year or twice a year. So it's nice to have a little video. Hurrah. Yeah, and that's, the, that's kind of the whole reason why I'm, I'm trying to get as much stuff online as possible is because I just need to reach more people on a global scale um, because everyone needs my help. <laughs> we do Zoe we do <laughs> well thank you so much for being on the show today thank you for having me 
So to finish this show, I wanted to share with you my latest blog, just in case you don't have time to read stuff, because I really hate reading things as well, and that's why I'm a big fan of people's podcasts and why I wanted to become a podcast owner myself. So, my latest blog. Why your clean eating might be affecting your children's health. I speak a lot to people who have had eating disorders and disordered eating, and I hear time and time again, including in my own story, that a lot of the issues started when we were young. Our parents influenced our food choices and affected our future behaviours. Here's a few things that may have happened. Hearing your mum talk about food like it's good or bad. Oh, I can't eat that because it will make me fat. Seeing your mum weighing herself. Or say bad things about her image in the mirror. Or forever changing her clothes in a half and a puff because nothing makes her feel good or look nice tell you not to eat too much because it's greedy or pigging out and tell you some foods are banned or off limits or actually restricting you from them. If you are having problems with your own weight, food, exercise and body image then please take a moment to think before you speak in front of your children. Our children are not growing up in the world that we grew up in. They're growing up surrounded by social media. A report in the Mail Online said more than half of children use social media by the age of 10 and Facebook is the most popular site for young children so therefore they're joining before the age limit. And other popular sites include WhatsApp, BBM, Snapchat and AskFM. And in fact AskFM being the site kids can ask do I look nice and other kids can reply with horrible comments all anonymously. It's really not doing good for our kids. So our social media is not a safe place, but our home should be. So only you can change the way that you speak to your children or speak about yourself around your children. But what we can do is we can try to change the curriculum so that in schools your children are taught about social media and they're taught about the images that are out there and that they're not necessarily what they appear to be. So the picture of health sometimes means that that person is airbrushed or maybe that person's not as healthy as they appear. So we need to be taught in schools how to be confident in our own bodies and be the best that we can be as people and not for the way that we look like. Kids need to be taught that bodies are diverse, everybody is different, but also that everybody is equal. So regardless of gender, sexual orientation, race or body size or shape, everybody is equal. So to find more information on my petition, you can go to change.org and search in the search box body image taught in school if you like this episode don't forget to subscribe and leave Nicola a review on iTunes you can also check out the show notes and get other free content on her website fustalfit.co.uk if you'd like to contact Nicola email nicola at fustalfit.co.uk